There was quite a discussion when we, you and I first started talking about nutrition for you that, you know, we were just like, I was like, so where's lunch? Like, where's, where's your food? <clears throat> Where, where's the food that you said you were eating? <laughs> um, and that's also the nature of being, you know, a business owner and a parent and all of those things. And the struggle is real and we all have it. And I never thought I was going to be a person who had trouble not eating enough. You're listening to Rebel Heart Radio, hosted by nutritional therapist Cassie Knavel and professional esthetician and makeup artist Genevieve Blair. A lifestyle podcast about clean living, making money, and badass people that inspire us endlessly. We created this podcast to walk through the tough moments of life with you, inspire you to live more intentionally, and frankly, because we like to talk. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure to catch our weekly episode and subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you have iTunes, we would be forever grateful for your review on our podcast. Let's get to our latest episode. The materials and content within this podcast are for general information and educational purposes only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. As we approach Thanksgiving, it truly is a time of reflection for Cassie and I. It is impossible to not be full of gratitude and not think about how grateful we are for you guys, our Rebel Heart Nation. What an incredible thing it has been to pour our hearts out and and efforts into this weekly podcast. Every time I start a skin consultation over the phone, it is the most wonderful thing to hear some of you say, it's you, your voice is live, you're actually talking back at me. (laughs) It's a surreal and beautiful reality to connect with you guys one-on-one on a weekly basis. I know Cassie has had some fun Instagram DM conversations and we both have had some fantastic Q&A episodes from the feedback you guys have given us on here. Thank you for finding us over there to share your thoughts and see where we're up to on the daily. Every time we get a review on here, we just marvel at the way this platform can reach you all. Every share, every listen, every review is literally felt. We see you. We see you seeing us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode and have a happy Thanksgiving, Rebel Heart Nation. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Hello, hello. We're so excited to record today. We're in a very, like, friend group, so I have a feeling this this episode is just going to be, like, welcome to a conversation between friends who happen to have expertise in nutrition and skincare. (laughs) (laughs) We were like, we should press record. We, we, should, we for were just, 12 minutes. Exactly. We should, we should press record. <laughs> yeah. For those of you who don't know, like a, what a podcast workflow looks like, we generally talk for sometimes an hour before we record. Probably not the most efficient. Efficiency is not our top priority. We want to bring Neither you great content. We, we, <laughs> clearly, we don't care about brevity. <laughs> and we're not apologizing for it. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, like there's a lot of great warm up time that happens before. And although I think it takes us about 10 seconds to warm up. <laughs> recording um but we're both really excited um both 
of us have been getting a ton of questions via Instagram about some specific nutrition and skincare stuff that we figured we just bring it over here to the podcast because it's just easier to answer here. And more than likely, if Instagram has these questions, our listeners have these questions and you guys are probably already follow us on Instagram. If you don't, you should. Hello. (laughs) Uh, At Cassie Knable at Jenny B Beauty. Um, Do it. it's, it's literally in the show notes every week, so I don't even have to add it to the show notes. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Jen, what's up with you this week, girl? How are you doing? Oh, what is up with me? I feel like, I feel like there's a lot to, to say because there's, there's this time of year, there's just so much going on, but that's kind of, I'm going to break that down. I am trying to be in this space of like creation, like Because there's a lot of things that I've been wanting to create for such a long time. And there's a lot of things that, I mean, honestly, I get asked a lot in skin consultations. Do you have any, do you have any content that I can purchase that I can like just keep on hand? That's something that I can keep referring to. And I'm like, it's on my list. And do you, I've been saying that for almost a year. Like that. It's hard to make time for that. I mean, I'm in, I'm in a similar cycle where it's, it's difficult to make time for that because often, you know, it's not the thing that you do for your business that provides like an instant return. It's usually something you do for long-term. Exactly. So it's easy to put it off. that's my problem. Yeah. Is that it's like, it's like, you know, that's on my list. I really want to do that. I mean, how often have we said that for various other things? Like I've always wanted to make that recipe that's really complex, but I really want to do it. How often have I been like, I really want to go on that hike, but it's hard to find time. So I'm kind of in that space of creating time when it's kind of hard to create time. Um, but I just, it hasn't been a year yet since I started saying this, but it's approaching. <laughs> so I'm like, I haven't put like a deadline on myself or anything, but it's just been this like pressure that I'm feeling that I really want to do this. This is more than just nobody's putting extra pressure on me. I don't feel like this is something I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so when... When am I going to make time to do something that I want to do that I really want to bring stuff that's like evergreen stuff that people can purchase and share with family and friends? Um, whether it's like, I mean, I've got a lot of things that I'm working on. I mean, like e-courses for beauty counter consultants with education. Um, They're going to be so good. I, I, I'm really looking forward to it. And honestly, it kind of scares me a little bit to say it out loud because I don't know when it's going to be available. <laughs> oh, we'll make sure to share. We know we have a lot of beauty counter consultants who follow, so we'll make sure to share yeah, um, like when they I, I mean, in my skin consultations, I mean, a lot of people I talk to in skin consultations are beauty kind of consultants. I'm doing a lot of education for them for their skin type, but they're like, I'm so excited to bring this to my customers or bring this to my downline. And I'm like, I need to make this a thing. I need to make this so that way people don't have to, you know, that they can choose to purchase it or gift it or well, whatever. and it's just it's it's just just a smart business decision and so much more efficient yeah. for you, yeah, to be able to offer something that anyone could purchase. So yeah, that's so, so I'm awesome. like creating space. I'm kind of starting small. I'm starting with creating um, like templates and things that I can share for this platform called Squee. If you guys don't know what Squee is, it's S Q. W E E E, such Three a weird e. spelling. I don't know why they such a weird spelling. And every time I say something to my husband about, oh, I'm working on squee stuff, he in the background I hear squee. <laughs> I I definitely feel the need to do a sound effect when you say it too. <laughs> oh, just quick word. I'm working on squee squee. Like he, it's just so funny. Like he'll be like across the room, and I'll hear under his breath squee, and I'm like, I cared yet. Like. <laughs> 
This is not a so, surprise. Not a surprise. Like this, but so I, I've been working on creating things because Squee is an online platform for anyone who's in direct sales to host events, and I see so much potential in it. But it is super time consuming to build a beautiful event. Like mm-hmm. you can absolutely get the information out there pretty quick. Like and I'm over here being like, ain't nobody got time for that except you and you don't really, but yeah. you're doing it anyway. I'm doing, you're doing it, it for yourself. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 So it's a, it's a cool, really cool platform. And it's, an, I like the idea of getting people off of Facebook and Instagram just because we're yeah. there yeah. a lot. And it's mm-hmm. nice to have kind of something different to, to mix it up. And well, I feel like I don't want to do it myself. Together. I want you to do it for me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and I wanted it. I was like, I would, I would absolutely buy a template from anyone that made a beautiful event that I like, it just didn't exist because the event the the whole platform is still pretty new and i'm like i want it i'm going to make it for myself so anyway so is your I'm template making... going to be done by the time this airs yes <clears throat> okay yes but Tuesday? i'm still trying to figure out how to like do this guys like if you're gonna participate in the beginning of this just know that you are like supporting me from like ground floor you guys are the, my people <laughs> i love it like, I'm still just trying to figure out how to do all the things like and I've got wonderful, wonderful people in my life that are like educating me and supporting me and helping me understand how to like sell digital content and like how that works. So it's like there's going to be Canva templates and Squee event templates that will sell together in a bundled deal. So that way, if you need to, you can customize the Canva templates. Yes. But if you're like, I want to plug in one and done, I don't have time for that. You have the Squee events and it's going to be a bundled deal. So I just I'm doing like some of the finishing details on it and that's kind of where I'm at but it's still like not done and it's like I don't have all the details yet okay if it's done by the time this episode airs we will share it in the show notes so you guys can get it from Jen um it might be a beta test round but yeah and I would love that I'm excited so I'm like if you've ever been in that space of like deep creation whether it's like a big or small this is kind of the first time where I'm like literally like handing dinner over to my husband because I'm trying to like fill out this squeeze stuff because I really want it done as soon as possible because I want to use it I got online events coming up I want to I want to use it you know so I'm just trying to make space for personal time for myself and not overwork because it's so easy that that three wing in me just my, that Enneagram three wing just wants to like bulldoze and just do the things. And then my two wing wants to just totally forget about myself because I'm not thinking about myself. I'm thinking about the task at hand and the things mm-hmm. I want to get done. And so I'm trying to be as balanced as I can while I'm still trying to get the things done because it's been like we've talked about this recently. It's been a long time since I have like achieved things because I've been such a space of like introspection and like trying to figure out like where my roadblocks are and like and so now I'm in that space of like it's let's do this but smart (laughs) I'm here for it so that's where I'm I'm at where are you at girl tell me about you what are you up to where am I at um well I talked I think it was last week or the week before on the podcast about just kind of, you know, having the vestibular issues. I keep saying vestibular issues. I was like, what does vestibular <laughs> mean? Tell me. Vestibular is like your um, ear, inner ear canal. Like it's, oh, it's a system okay. in your body. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't know that much. So not an expert <laughs> over here. 
for those of you who maybe haven't been listening or watching along on Instagram when I've sporadically shared in my stories, um, I figured out what it is. I've been having some vestibular migraines and oh. I do not have Meniere's disease. I didn't. I've been so. dealing with some vestibular migraines. They weren't really severe. So I didn't jump to migraine. That wasn't something right. that popped into my head because I know a lot of the people who shared their experiences with me, which thank you so much. A couple of my friends have come forward to do that. And uh, it's just so helpful to hear kind of how other people see their cascade of symptoms coming in. And obviously mm-hmm. I'm not using that information to diagnose myself or anything like that. I do have a practitioner. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it was so nice to hear this is what happens. And it just turns out that they were having significantly worse vestibular migraines than I was having. And both of them mentioned a really interesting connection. And I'm talking about this specifically because a lot of you actually have responded to my Instagram stories and been like, oh my gosh, I have vestibular issues and I have no idea what's going on. And it seems Mm. like the general consensus in the medical community is they don't know why this stuff pops up. And, you know, my intuition is always, okay, like, are are we addressing inflammation? Are we addressing stress? Um, You know, it tends to be, you know, maybe like a, a, a consequence or a disease state that happens after some other things happen um and kind of cause that cascade and that's just my again intuition this is not science this is just my thought process yeah yeah um (laughs) and i mean there's some backing of science in there but um i will say um both of the people who reached out to me about the possibility of it being a vestibular migraine and then that led me to a conversation with my doctor was basically both of them had had Epstein-Barr virus, which I have had, I had Epstein-Barr virus. And it's one of those things, it's a sister virus to mono. I had it like seven years ago, but it kind Mm -hmm. of rears its ugly head. And I have to be really careful. You guys have heard about, you know, in the past, me talking about health updates with like my immune struggles and things like that. And nothing's ever been really bad. It's just, I get sick more often than most people Um, when I do get sick, it like really can knock me out just depending on how I'm doing with self-care at that point and exercise and nutrition and all of the things. So I'm kind of in a place where I'm like, okay, I'm over being in this state of inflammation (laughs) and I'm ready for like newness and happiness and joy and just getting abundance, abundance. Um, and, and I'm so excited. So I, one of the things that I talked about a couple of weeks ago was just, you know, trying to start a kind of a new, um, fitness routine and like just having fucking obstacles in my way and being so, so frustrated because I finally had this place where I was mentally ready and physically ready at the same time. And then all of a sudden I wasn't physically ready. And I was oh. just like, WTF, why what is happening? <clears throat> so I spent a couple of weeks, like literally becoming a professional at rest. And it's not the time of year where that's an easy thing for me to do mm-hmm. um, because things are ramping up in, in other areas of business for me. And then, you know, trying to, you know, kind of get at what are my triggers for these vestibular issues and kind of figured out some of those things. And so um, I haven't had anything. I'm like, knock on wood, knock on wood. Where's all the wood? Um, (laughs) Luckily, I'm sitting at a wood table. I, (laughs) I have not had any vestibular issues other than a little tiny bit of like oral pressure that did not lead to anything in almost two weeks so wow. or a week a week and a half basically that's a big deal yeah 
Uh, and hopefully that's still true when this episode airs in a few days. <laughs> well, what kind of, so I'm curious to know a little bit more about this vestibular migraine. Like, cause I hear the word migraine and there, you know, there's a lot of like traditional yeah. things that comes up like auras and pain and sensitivity uh-huh. to light and sound. Like, is that the same thing? So sensitivity to motion is more so the manifestation. So like I found myself being really sensitive to like buzzing. So sounds for sure, but like specific sounds like buzzing and ringing in the background. So like uh, the toilet running, the fridge running, the dryer going, the washing machine in like the rinse phase was really bothering me. Um, Being in a room where like a a ceiling fan was on, I was like, I cannot deal with that. Um, Mm. And too much overhead light was too much as well so a little bit kind of a combination lightly of those things is what I personally experienced I'm not an expert in vestibular migraines so there's that um and then the, it was kind of you know it, the, and I said this last time but the cascade was oral pressure um lightheadedness dizziness and then nausea and the nausea didn't always come because I would nip it in the bud by resting when I felt dizzy essentially mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely did not have vertigo. Like the room was not spinning. It just was not feeling very level. That's where you and I had that conversation. I was like, yeah, in case you don't know, I have Meniere's disease. And so it was when, when that came up, I was like, okay, there's this, there's this, there's this. And like most of it wasn't a box for you. You weren't checking that box off. And I was like, yeah, I don't know, man. Well, and like intuitively, I, I was at a place too. I I'm like I refuse to check that box I will not be checking that box (laughs) I refuse because it's I yeah so and I've had a lot of like funky little symptoms like that crop up lately which is another reason why you know I just hit a place where I was like wholly aware of the fact that my health is just not where I want it to be right now and as a health professional like that's a slap in the face Mm -hmm. as an Enneagram 8 that's a slap in the face I'm like I'm totally invincible what are you talking about so uh you know this is kind of always the first place I'm really vulnerable with with you know our audience I feel really safe with you guys and um the response that I get back when I step out in vulnerability on this podcast is pretty incredible. And I don't always share it because it makes me feel more vulnerable than I did the first time I shared it. <laughs> um, but we it's have, a cyclical thing. We have quite a few <laughs> folks who are Enneagram 8s and maybe have an 8 wing who listen to the podcast or are, are partnered up or married to an 8. And um, the response is always really incredible, which is why, you know, obviously we're never going to stop talking about the Enneagram. Don't ask us to try. It's not possible. No, this is a lifelong love affair. (laughs) We're here for it. And we have lots more coming as far as the Enneagram goes. But um, all of that to say, I, you know, I've just been in this place where I'm ready to make some changes, but I just didn't really know what felt aligned for me and what felt just really good for like where my head's at now, where my body's at now, all of those things and had tried so many different exercise modalities in the last two months just to see what I liked. And I wasn't consistent with anything. And, and, you know, a lot of people know, like my background as far as fitness goes is totally in CrossFit, like I CrossFitted for many years. I absolutely loved it. I was cut as F. Yeah, you were. (laughs) Holy Moses. I look at pictures of you and I'm like, whoa, And, and, you know, some of that was like, there was some unhealth in there. And then other points it was like, okay, I've, you know, I've got plenty of muscle. I feel good. I look good. I, you know, for myself and all of that. And so, and then I had my son and I just haven't really found my rhythm 
since then, as far as fitness Mm -hmm. is concerned, as far as nutrition is concerned. And I've been in this place where I've been kind of yo-yoing back and forth between lots of different things and, you know, not dieting just because I haven't been in a good place to approach, um, a lot of restriction when it comes to my food. And that's another like mindset thing for me. I was just like, I just don't have space for this right now. All I need to do is make sure like I'm nourishing my body. So I stopped overthinking macronutrient ratios. I've dabbled in macro counting since my son was born postpartum. I've dabbled in keto. I've dabbled in carb cycling, all sorts of things. Um, But for me, I'm just one of those people where I'm so all or nothing again, (laughs) hashtag Mm -hmm. Enneagram eight. Um, (laughs) And when I get my fitness in check, everything else just falls into place because when I'm working out, I know what my body needs and what feels good. And Mm -hmm. so I've kind of leaned back into eating keto, which we're going to talk a little bit more about in this episode because I've gotten some questions pertaining to keto and on Instagram Um, Mm -hmm. and, and kind of carb cycling. And then I've like found my rhythm with the gym and I'm so excited and it's so new. I'm like so hesitant to actually talk about it, but you know, I just, I want to talk about this, this kind of change that's happened because I think it happens for a lot of people who come from the CrossFit community. You do CrossFit, you step away from it for whatever reason, you know, time, money, uh, having a child, life like whatever maybe you have an injury whatever it is and then it's almost like it's bred into you that there's no other way to exercise now other than CrossFit and don't get me wrong I love CrossFit my body loved CrossFit I was really really good at it but you know I just haven't been able mindset wise to be able to go back because every time I go back I injure myself or I go too hard And it's just not the right environment for me. And it doesn't matter what gym I go to. It it doesn't. It does not matter. Mm -hmm. It's not specific to the CrossFit gym, any specific one. I just haven't felt like that's my, like my exercise home right now, my fitness home. Mm -hmm. And so I've been going to like my local club and taking yoga classes for a long time, kind of off and on and being consistent with that sometimes and not so so consistent with that at other times. And I've done spin and I've done all sorts of things. And they had a boot camp class and I tried that and none of the regular class program really felt right for me other than, you know, regularly going to yoga, which I enjoyed. And then all of a sudden, Right when I'm at this place where I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I got to do something. I got to do something where I'm getting myself in the gym four days a week or more. I'm just not a person who can work out at home. I really don't want to spend a crazy amount of money on having a personal trainer four days a week right now. It's just not the highest priority for me. Mm -hmm. And I love small group training because I want to be in community. And that was one of the things I love the most about CrossFit. And it just so happens the gym that I go to just started doing a new program that's basically hit style training with like a great warm up and a cool down and heart rate monitoring and all this fun stuff. And they built out a whole new part of the gym in order to house this new program, expanded out the weight floor, offered new packages that are kind of combinations of small group training and personal training. Oh and my it was gosh, like, so cool. It was just like, I know this is exactly what I need. And I started paying for it before the Like I didn't, I started, I I paid, I put my deposit down for the program before they, like the room was done or I had ever tried one of the workouts because I just knew. Yeah. Well, that's the best part about you is like, I think it's maybe, correct me if I'm wrong, your Enneagram 8-ness, like, yeah, when you see, 
you're like, let's do, let's mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. And so my yeah, gut no was like, and you know, when I started CrossFit, it was a really interesting thing that happened. But when I joined the gym that I was at, at the first CrossFit gym I went to, um, the gym was new. So everyone was new and CrossFit mm-hmm. was kind of new. And that newness to me, I felt like I was in a room of people who were like, oh, we have no idea what we're doing, but let's just like do this together. Yes, yeah, um, And that's kind of what's happening with this new hmm. program. I've that's only gone a couple of times, but the first time I went, I literally like, first of all, came home and gushed about it to Genevieve. I was like, it's <laughs> happening. I love it. <laughs> um, but I just, I, I had a moment where I was like, I see the light at the end of this tunnel. Like I see it. Mm-hmm. I see it with my food. I see it with my fitness. And, you know, I, gosh, I really want to be so respectful. I'm going to be sharing about this a lot more. I'm going to try to be more forward facing on it because I feel like I'm finally starting something that I'm going to stick with. First of all, um, you feel that alignment, you know? Yes. Yeah, exactly. And so I just want to say like, this is not a situation where I'm going to be talking about getting your body back postpartum. Screw that. It's a totally new body. And I just want to feel good in it. And I don't feel Mm -hmm. good in it right now. And Mm -hmm. both mentally and physically. Um, and the physical part, of course, I'm kind of, we're going to be on a path for losing weight. I definitely will be. I've just got too much weight for my five, three frame to feel good for me personally. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm not going to be tracking pounds per se, you know, I, I'm going to know in general, yeah. um, I'm, I won't be tracking inches. You will not see me share before and after photos, <laughs> but I'm here for it. And I want to share, you know, the daily kind of grind with you guys when it comes to this stuff. Cause I know how hard it is to make a commitment to yourself. And that's been the, the hardest piece for me postpartum is making that commitment. But especially when it comes to fitness, because I had in my head that it had to happen a certain way and I just didn't allow myself to let it happen any other way until I kind of saw this is a possibility. So I'm just, I'm stoked. I'm so excited. And I just want to encourage you guys out there. If you're in a place where you, you know, you want to get back in the gym, you want to be in better shape for whatever reason that is, you know, um, feel better, look better, Uh, be a better version of yourself, gain more consistency in your life, up your endorphins because of exercise. Man, it's so good. I already, my mental health feels so much better just after two days, by the way. Oh my gosh. Um, That's a great sign. But I know, but, but I will say, you know, if you're headed that, like, don't be afraid to try something new, you know, Mm -hmm. something that doesn't feel like it's the path you thought you were going to take to your fitness. You know, maybe it's, um, you know, a more relaxed approach with like yoga and walking. Maybe it's, you know, high intensity interval training or a boot camp class or orange theory or, you know, whatever. And I've just since come around to the fact that, you know, it's so fitness is so much like nutrition in the sense that there is a, not just a, a right path for every person, but at, at different times in life, there's a different path. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to be more accepting of that and just let go of that control um, and then kind of regain control in other areas, if that makes sense. So I know that yeah. was like such well, a, by lo- letting a long go. update. <laughs> no, no. By letting go, you're gaining control. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't and that feels... a weird juxtaposition? Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. you're feeling more aligned. You're mm-hmm. feeling like I can feel it in your energy just talking with you. Like yeah. it's there's something that feels magical about that energy alignment of like this feels 
right place, right time, right energy, right people. Like, it's just, let's go, let's do like, I, I, I love that feeling so much. And I think that's just part of life. Like you're saying, like letting go of control and allowing yourself to try new things that you wouldn't expect, you know, mm-hmm. I think that's fantastic. That takes a really strong person to let go. Well, and you know, the truth, truth is like the hard part for me is being vulnerable as someone who's like not the strongest person in the room, you know, I'm used Mm -hmm. to being, this is like, this is my past, like with, with fitness. I, it wasn't always the case in the beginning, but I'm used to being the strongest, hardest working person when it comes to fitness in the room. And then all of a sudden it was like zero. (laughs) I went from a hundred to zero pretty quickly. Mm Uh, Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people experience that postpartum. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a very odd place to be. I I definitely went there too. And I definitely got in my head so much too. I had so much good information around postpartum fitness, but a lot of fear mongering too, where it was just like, don't do this movement and don't do that movement and you shouldn't be doing this. And it's like, I got in my head so much about it that I was afraid to go back. Mm-hmm. in any way I was afraid to get started with a fitness routine in any way which again is really hard for me to admit but here we are hello <laughs> listeners we love you so much <laughs> hello vulnerability <laughs> I love you so much uh anyways so let's just I mean let's segue right in um a lot of you guys I I mentioned extremely briefly in my stories the other day that I was um, going to be eating keto again and shared like a keto meal or something like that. And uh, just DMs flooding in. And (laughs) I think we're all kind of, you know, a lot of people are ruminating if they're trying to either make some changes now uh, or in the new year. And I'm fully aware that no matter how much we want to do, you know, anti new year stuff, there's plenty of us out there. And I said this last year on our new year's resolutions episode, I actually really love a good reset button. It feels Mm. good to me as long as I have a good mindset around why I'm making that change and how it's going to affect my life. And I'm not obsessing or becoming, you know, orthorexic or or whatever it is. And this is a really good um, end cap to the discussion that we had, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago about, you know, clean enough in the health and wellness and beauty industry. Mm -hmm. And if you guys haven't checked out that episode yet, please do I'll link it in the show notes we loved that it's on the website Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh and so uh, you know I've been getting a lot of questions and the first one that I got was you know what kind of made you come back to eating keto and I think a lot of people a lot more people than I thought have been paying attention to what I've been eating or not eating (laughs) over the last (laughs) couple of years and I've pretty much eat some, I've eaten some level of low carb for the most part for about seven years. And it's just, my body feels good that way. I do not process sugar very well. And, um, carbohydrates are in that category as well. I definitely can have some carbs here and there without any ill effects, but it, it has to be more of a here and there than a regular basis. And that doesn't matter if I'm lean or not. Like I just feel Mm -hmm. better that way most of the time. Um, I have a feeling there's some metabolic stuff going on there in relation to my genetics. And of course we all know like gene expression is a thing. We can change that. Uh, And so 
for me, like if I want to be eating carbs on a regular basis, I have to be doing some pretty heavy training. Um, i.e. like I'm already fit and I'm lifting heavy five days a week, like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and, Mm -hmm. and that does support carbs for me, but every other kind of modality really just doesn't. And I think it's another thing I've been so easy to kind of get in my head about and be dogmatic about too because there's a lot of discussion in the keto community about if you're doing hard-hitting exercise you have no business eating low carb and Mm. you know that sentence may have even come out of my mouth before (laughs) but uh, I you know you can you just have to be intentional about it and and you know fit in some carb refeeds and stuff too which again we'll talk about more in the future um And so what kind of made me come back to keto is I just naturally ate keto for an entire weekend without thinking about it. We had like, we hadn't gone to the store. We had no (laughs) potatoes in the house. Uh We didn't have any sourdough made, like any of that. And I just naturally ate keto and it felt really good. And I was like, gosh, I feel so good. Like, what's the difference? I know. Let's look back and go, what's happening? (laughs) And I had been tracking my food because I was having vestibular migraines. And so, because I wanted to like track triggers and stuff like that and started eating keto. And I was like, man, I feel so good. What's happening? So I flipped back through my food journal and I was like, oh, yeah, we're low carb. Okay. And so I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to stick with this for like a week and see how I feel. And then like a week later, I'm like, yeah, okay. And then, you know, a couple of days later, I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll share a little bit. (laughs) And I did once and then it was the internet broke. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I, I, it's part of it is finding this new fitness routine that I think is going to work really well for me. Um, It definitely is a, you know, hit has some glycolytic pathways to it, which means, um, there's some reliance on carbohydrates there. If you're efficient at using ketones, you totally can do hit style workouts if they're short enough. Um, it just depends on how often you're doing it and then how often you're doing some sort of carb refeed. And then the other question that I've been getting again is like, how do I pair keto with exercise? And I think mm. this is so case by case specific. So uh, we will be having someone on to talk about carb cycling in the future in addition to, you know, me sharing my expertise around that. Um, but the basics are really good place to start if you just generally eat keto. Maybe you want to work out harder or, um, you know, kind of take your fitness to a different place that involves some more, you know, intentional training, some higher intensity stuff. Maybe you want to start doing CrossFit again and you're not currently, you're just lifting and eating keto, whatever it is. Uh, if you're looking to pair keto with exercise, you need to time your carbohydrates around your workouts and think about what's your goal. So, you know, one of the frameworks that I've actually loved for years, I'm like so hesitant to even mention this because the approach in and of itself in a general sense is genius, (laughs) but the way to do it in the book is bullshit. Um, it's called carb night. And then he had another, uh, it's from, um, John Kiefer from dangerously Mm. hardcore was his previous. I don't know if he's still even out there doing like business. Um, but, uh, the, the premise is that, you know, we need to stop thinking about carbs to refuel our muscles and actually put carbs in so that we can use them during a workout and deplete them and then be in a kind of a keto state after that. Um, And for me, that was a really big game changer when I was doing some heavy training to time my carbohydrates actually the night before I was going to have a heavy workout. 
Oh, interesting. Instead of the right after. And and carb timing is, you know, it's so individual. Like you just have to dabble and see what works best for you. It's, it goes back to that conversation around N equals one experiment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the really interesting discussion for me is like, what kind of carbs do we refuel with? And yeah. that one, there's some really interesting science out there that suggests that if we refuel with glucose rich carbohydrates, then meaning. we meaning in a second i'll get there okay <laughs> if you refuel Sorry, i'm already like to tell <laughs> glucose is, is like sugar right mm-hmm. there's different kinds of sugar so there's like fermentable uglyol disaccharides like fodmaps there's um uh glucose there's sucrose there's fructose there's all these different versions of sugar that have different chemical makeups mm-hmm. uh and the thought process behind this approach is that if you use glucose heavy carbohydrates to refuel that they get preferential preferentially stored as glycogen in the muscles instead of in the liver. And when sugar is stored in the liver, we get inflammatory pathways. We can get, um, you know, increased body fat, adipose tissue. And what happens when we do the, the, you know, the glycogen rich, essentially the glucose rich carb refeed, then we see a better uh, depletion of that in a workout and then kind of a better return to being in ketosis throughout that week or however many days before you have your next carb refeed and Mm. glucose heavy carbs that you can refuel with are, um, like white potatoes, white rice, um, kind of more on the simple carbohydrate spectrum fruit. There's not a lot of fruit in that category, but it's, um, overly ripe bananas, overly ripe plantains, grapes, uh, plums, cherries. And like, Hmm. that's pretty much it when it comes to fruit. And then I may get smacked around for this, but like white flour, (laughs) (laughs) like really simple carbohydrates. So, you know, like it just depends on, obviously I'm talking like, you know, gluten-free flour, ideally I I just feel better that way or like fully fermented Mm -hmm. sourdough or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like a really nice carb refeed meal is like sushi with the white rice intact. So good right now. Um, right. I just, we had some the other day we had a date night, Mm. uh, Josh and I, and it was so lovely. We went to bamboo sushi. This is total Mm. side note. Um, Mm. if you live in the Portland, I think they're Portland, San Francisco, Denver, um there's a couple other locations in a couple other states now but you guys can go to bambusushi.com and check i am not partnered with bamboo sushi although i totally would um yeah they're a b corporation and they Mm. use msc certified fish um which is the marine stewardship council so they're like in a place of like thinking about sustainability and sustainability of like our fishery systems and all sorts of things. So cool. So, so yummy. Love it. I'm all about some sushi. <laughs> mm. Um, <laughs> and so, I mean, we'll, we'll deep dive into this stuff a little more, but just a really basic thought process behind this is, you know, if you're, if you're eating keto and you want to maintain, you're going to have to refeed your carbohydrates more often. Um, if mm. you're eating keto and you want to gain muscle, you're going to have to refeed your carbohydrates more often and more often means multiple times per week. If you're eating keto and you want to lean out a little bit and you have a higher training load or you'd like to up your training load, you should basically, you know, time your carb refeed based on how frequently you're having those hard workouts. So if they're only a couple of times a week, you can probably refeed your carbs once a week. If you are doing them, you know, five days a week, you should probably refeed your carbs a couple of times a week. 
if you aren't doing high intensity training, you're eating keto and you'd like to lean out, then I, you could cycle carbohydrates in once every two weeks. And that's something that worked extremely well for my clients who were in a space where they were trying to reverse their type two diabetes. Mm. And, um, you know, maybe they were working out, but they were just focusing on like walking and, and lifting things like that. So it's such a case by case basis. I'm sure we're going to get a pile of questions after this. Um, just so you guys know, I do not do individualized um, nutrition consultations anymore, but, um, I'm happy to refer you to someone if you need some help with this. Um, or you, if you have some specific questions, we'll be talking about keto more in the new year, um, on the podcast. I know I want updates. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll, I'll be updated. I'll keep everybody updated um, on Instagram and be more intentional about that. I'm really excited. And I'm definitely going to be using a carb cycling approach because I will be doing high intensity exercise, you know, three days a week, probably. Um, okay. Maybe more. <laughs> so okay. three to four days a week. And um, I'm and, you know, it's really interesting. A lot of people will ask if you want to just lean into it and listen to your body, you've been eating keto for a long time. Um, the moment you feel like you're going to fall flat on your face <laughs> and you have no energy to work out or like do life, that's how you know you need a carb refeed or you probably need a one the day before. <laughs> mm -hmm. So if you're trying to kind of lean into that natural intuition and that ebb and flow, that's a really good place to start if you're already eating keto and exercising. You know, what's the day of the week that you just fall flat and your training kind of sucks that day um, mm -hmm. and you just don't mm -hmm. feel good doing it? Well, mm -hmm. you probably needed some carbs the day before. And more likely than not, you're going to definitely completely deplete them that day, the next day yep. when you work out. And it can actually just really allow you to figure out how can I manage a higher training load in addition to eating keto and have this overarching goal of, of leaning out. It's possible. It's totally possible. Um, if you're trying to go for performance-based exercise, this is probably not the approach for you. <laughs> so if you're a, you know, competitive athlete or something like that, there are ways to do this, but it's, it's way more complicated than what we just talked about. So, um, you know, one of the things that happened when I, I worked with a lot of athletes, uh, in CrossFit who did this, you know, they weren't able to lift quite as much as when they were eating tons of carbs, but they got their body comp to a place where they felt better than they, they felt in forever. And lifting felt simpler and easier because their body mechanics were better and all of that. And they had built, they, they had built up more strength, but they needed the carbs to like fully express the strength. Right. Yeah. And so that was a really interesting conversation. And generally, you know, the folks who were trying to compete in CrossFit competitions for whatever reason, um, would usually dissent from, from taking that approach and generally go to like a macros based approach with low fat and high carb, which is also a possibility. Mm -hmm. Um, I just prefer eating keto because I feel good that way. First of all, I don't have to eat as often because I don't have time for that. Yeah. Um, and it's a, honestly, that's it, how I feel. When it's I add such carbs a, back in, I'm like, why am I hungry? I'm <laughs> hungry all the time. It's happening. Um, and for some reason, you know, I just think it's a little easier to add more fat into your day in order to get your calorie load up to where it needs to be. So for, you know, for, for what it's worth, what I have to do when I, get into keto in the beginning is track because I need to make sure I'm eating enough calories. 
And even if I'm trying to approach a deficit in order to lose and lean out, I need to be supporting what kind of training I'm doing. Well, if you're um, eating too low calorie, nothing's going to happen. Oh, nothing. And that's, you know, that's something that has happened to me in the past. And, and, and it's easy with keto for me to eat too low calorie because it's I so feel, feel I feel satiated. satiated. I feel fine. Well, yeah. Um, you know, your body signal, some things have to adjust. And mm-hmm. I do find when I work out that I, that I am more hungry for sure. Like it boosts mm-hmm. those hunger and satiety signals. And so I end up eating another meal or so, but yeah. So I'm really excited to get started. And I know like you, so cool. you guys, I mean, your family, we've talked about this before, have dabbled in keto so much, but for you yeah. personally, you kind of yeah. been on this back and forth between like, do I want to have some carbs for a little while and just not track and yeah. call it good and just be relaxed about things? Or do I want to go back to keto? And it, I think for both of us, you know, it stems a lot from that mindset of like, oh, this is how I got my health in check the first time mm-hmm. that I ever did that. Yeah. And for me, it was kind of an accidental thing. I did it right. for my kiddos and um, I felt the positive effects from it. So now I'm in this place of like, how do I get the results I want while still keeping? Because I think for me, my biggest problem is, is I, I mean, I lost 15 pounds, like without even thinking about it. It literally just like fell off of me when I went keto with my daughter, but I went keto because she was eating everything that was on my plate. Like, I felt like I didn't have a choice Mm. and I was full, so I didn't feel the need to snack. Like, I I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't know what I was experiencing, (laughs) which was kind of funny. And I was like, why am I losing weight? Like, I actually got kind of concerned because it just kept falling off of me. (laughs) And then when I started doing a little more research and realizing that people use this for weight loss, I was like, oh, maybe this is a good thing. And I did. I felt so good. I had energy. I was satiated. Um, my, I didn't get like the crazy, like blood sugar drop, need a nap mid afternoon, which mm-hmm. I was really excited about. Cause that happened to me really bad postpartum with both my babies. Um, but you know, after doing it for about a year, I noticed, um, I noticed in my daughter that she needed some carbs in her life. Mm-hmm. Like she needed some, she needed some cycling. She needed that, you know, and it, which makes sense. I don't think children should be keto <laughs> unless it's for like therapeutic reasons in some ways. And even then for therapeutic reasons, I think that cycling back in some level of carbs has been really important for her growth and her energy levels and all that jazz. And so we're now at this place again where it might be beneficial to go back to keto for at least a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a lot of, a lot of gut inflammation going on between my two kiddos and having to do a digestive clean out from that was suggested from my son's GI doctor um, recently to like looking at my daughter who complains about a tummy ache, like at least several times a day, every right. single day, you know, I'm going, okay, we know that this, these symptoms kind of go away for them. So we're looking at cycling back in, but I'm kind of struggling with it because I feel really good right now. And I've been eating like flax, gluten-free flax um, muffins every day. Like my digestion is awesome right now. <laughs> like, you know, it's, I'm, it's a really, guys, I cannot, I'm going to say this like till the end of time, go listen to episodes 18 and 19. If you haven't go back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. one of the things that people really deal with when it comes to switching to eating keto or kind of leaning back into, you know, adding more carbs in is they're like, Oh, my poops are so much better when I have carbs. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, there's a fiber conversation there um you know the version of low carb that i suggest is not packed out with meat and cheese 
it's just yeah, not it's mm-hmm. you know how can we intuitively add some more fat into each meal and increase our satiety we're doing avocado we're doing olive oil we're doing all sorts of things um yeah. you know leaning on eggs if you can eat eggs because they're a great balance of fat and protein with choline and all sorts of great nutrients but we need a bucket load of vegetables and one of my favorite approaches to low carb is, uh, you know, the one that Dr. Terry Walls presents in the Walls Protocol, because part of the approach in low carb is decreasing inflammation in MS patients. Obviously, mm-hmm. you can take that approach if you want to lose some weight, but she talks about eating incredibly high nutrient vegetables. And she's like, hey, nine cups of vegetables a day. So I Ooh. try to shoot for between six and nine cups of vegetables a day when I am eating lower carb. And, you know, I have a mind to, you know, look at my um, my net carbs. But in the past, I always thought, OK, I need to keep my carbs to 30 overall to to have keto happen for me. But now I can do it at 50 because I'm eating 25 grams of fiber, which is mitigating that insulin response. And I'm not going to get into the discussion on like, should I count carbs or net carbs? I think half of the benefit of doing keto is like not having to count at all. Yeah. Uh, And so, you know, like I said, like for those of us who generally lean toward not eating quite enough uh, when we are eating keto. Yeah. I mean, there was quite a discussion when we, you and I first started talking about nutrition for you that you know we were just like I was like so where's lunch like where's where's your food (laughs) where's the food that you said you were eating (laughs) um and that's also the nature of being you know a business owner and a parent Mm. and all of those things and the struggle is real and we Mm -hmm. all have it and I never thought I was going to be a person who had trouble not eating enough like that's right? crazy. And the crazy part is that that doesn't always manifest in a skinny human being like right? or in an ectomorph body type. Like I'm an endomorph and and uh, or like an endomorph mesomorph combo. And if I eat too low calorie, like nothing comes off of me. And if I boost my calories in keto from like 1500 to 2000, it just falls off. Mm-hmm. which is crazy right I'm adding I'm feeling better I'm adding 500 calories this is great I get to eat more food um but my natural way of being will be to decrease that calorie load and then my energy is low because of it mm-hmm. um and it's kind of this vicious cycle where my body just gets used to kind of that set point of of that lower calorie load and you know 1500 is right for some tiny humans out there but it's uh you know it just depends on you know where i'm at and so obviously work with someone who's well versed in this stuff Mm -hmm. um a really good resource that i absolutely love is diane sanfilippo's book keto quick start because she has this discussion around carb refeeds she has a discussion around um you know how how do you count when you take an approach to keto and she's got a really cool method of counting in a really healthy way where you're kind of checking off blocks um Mm -hmm. rather than like logging in my fitness pal or something and diane's always a genius with like a daily journal well in a daily journal entry that is like really cohesive and cool so i like her approach to that highly recommend it and i'll I'll link the book in the show notes for you guys and i'm sure it's going to be on sale black friday week hello we are here i know Um, it's crazy yeah 
whoa, um, the sales are already starting. The beauty counter sale started on Friday of last week, which is crazy. No, um, I think they're getting smarter on that, though. No website crashes. No, no. <laughs> uh, everybody always breaks the internet with beauty counter during a sale because we're <laughs> yeah. still, you know, in this place of tech growth and everything, which is mm-hmm. really interesting. Um, but let's go to you. You've had some really interesting questions around um, you know, post-workout routine, mm-hmm. pre-workout skincare routine and that kind of care. And, you know, I've had my own set of questions around that now that I'm working out more often. And I, I, you know, just to, to set this up, I will say I usually have, you know, I, I like to do my makeup in the morning before I do preschool drop off, before I go to the gym, I like to throw on, this is my, my three or four things I do you know, a little bit of like concealer coverage on a, l- a few acne scars that I have, um, you know, any a- active acne breakouts, I fill in my brows and sometimes I'll do mascara, but usually I just throw a little cheek color on. So I don't look like a zombie, like a white zombie person <laughs> who just wore yeah. concealer. So I'll throw like a, cre- a cream blush on. So like concealer, yeah. cream blush and a brow. Yeah. And I always have this thought where I'm like, should I be doing my entire skincare routine underneath my makeup before I go to the gym? I'm going to sweat my ass off and then I'm going to wash my face an hour and a half later. Did I just waste however many dollars on this beautiful anti-aging skincare that I use (laughs) just to wash it off? And so Mm -hmm. I was thinking about this too. And then you've been getting questions about it. So please school us on all things pre and post-workout skin. Yeah. Honestly, this is a big topic because anytime I do a skin consultation, this is a big part of it because really if you sweat on Mm -hmm. even a semi-weekly basis um, or you live in a climate where you do sweat a lot, it can be a huge linchpin in how your skin performs because that salt that comes out is that from your sweat will wick moisture away and it can cause little micro tears as you're like wiping it off your face. You know what I mean? You know that gritty texture you're feeling? Yeah, don't don't Mm-mm. rub just Mm-mm. don't don't that's not like good that's dehydrating your skin and causing little micro tears which is literally the perfect environment for a bacterial breakout which Ugh. is lots of zits so just just no just no 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 and it breaks down our moisture barrier and ages us faster and makes us more susceptible to uv damage and just blah, blah, blah. it's like a whole thing so but then again like how do you fit that in because i mean some people are morning worker it works out in the morning some people work out at their lunchtime and some people work out in the evening and it's like well when do i do my skincare (laughs) when's it right so it really depends on when you work out that's kind of where i want to start is like depending i'm going to break it break this down to like when you work out because it's really depends so in your morning routine if you work out in the morning, if you're the kind of person that like gets up at the butt crack of dawn and goes and works out and then moves on with their day, that's what's, that's one thing. So I'm going to address that one first. If you if you get up and you work out and and then you come home and you shower and you do the whole shebang afterwards, this is going to be more about how can we like protect your skin from the sweat that you're going to go. So this is like the experience. 5 a.m. crowd. Yeah, this is the like. This is not me early riser me neither like is I'm it, the can we talk riser. about can we talk about morning skincare for people who are in the 5 a.m crowd and then people who are in the 9 yes. a.m crowd <laughs> yes because it is different yeah what's yeah, four you more hours that of wake up and your go? skin yes it does it matters so it's like okay if you try to get up and try to get to a 5 5 5 a.m class um are you doing skincare at 4 35 in the morning or do you do it afterwards mm-hmm. so 
this also has to do with a little bit of skin type too, because what happens when you wake up is your, your cortisol levels rise. And guess what? Cortisol levels directly relate and how our oil production starts. So we don't really produce oil when our cortisol is low. So, which is actually really interesting. So during the night, even if you have oily skin, you will produce less oil. But as soon as you wake up, you will have like an uptick because you've got that spike in cortisol, you will start that oil production. That's why I'm like, if you are oily, first thing in the morning, you have oily skin. (laughs) But that also means that if you're dry skin, you don't have that modicum of protection, but you still need that protection against that salt that's going on your face because it's like, it's that variable that we just don't need it. You know what I mean? Like if we can protect our skin from it, then then that's great. So there's several different ways you can do that. I don't really think you need to do the full routine before you go to the gym, honestly. Um, however, there's some things to, to keep in mind when you come home to do your routine. We'll talk about that in a second. My but budget to, is so happy right now. Your what is? My budget. <laughs> your budget? Yeah, right? No, you do not have to do your routine like five times a day. Like it's okay. It's fine. Um, but as you're heading to the gym... Or on the way there, you can splash like in the morning, like say you brush your teeth, put on your workout gear and you get your stuff and go. You can splash your face with like some warm water. And what that does is it softens the skin cells that may have been built up on your face while you were sleeping. And it's just just like basically take some warm water or get your hands warm, hold it onto your face for a second and then pat dry. And then you can add something on like a facial oil. Just like my trick is, is I always add the facial oil where I'm sweaty where I'm most sweaty because it adds a little bit of layer of protection to my skin. It mixes with that sweat instead of like being just straight up sweat. And it allows me to have a little bit of protection on my face. And I need that because I have really dry, sensitive skin and it gets worse in the winter. Mm -hmm. So if you find that that's the case, facial oil is a great way to go. If you have more oily skin, a cream-based moisturizer is a great way to go um, just because it adds that little buffer. But you don't need much. Think centers of the face where the most oil production happens. And that's a great way to protect your skin through like a great workout. And then when you come home, this is something to think about is like if your face is really hot and you go to do your skincare, you are at much higher risk to be reactive to your skincare than you are when your face is cooler. Uh, and actually the, the science behind that's really interesting. So sebum, oil production on our face, it's actually waxy in texture when it is being when it's straight up by itself it's kind of like a more solid oil that we cook with it's a lot more like lard and saturated (laughs) fat basically yes yes essentially yeah like it solidifies in cold weather Mm. so um when we heat it up it becomes much more liquefied it moves more on our face and so when we sweat a bunch the sebum that we do produce has moved more on our face and we're more a little more red and that leaves us a little more susceptible to deeper product faster and deeper product absorption mm-hmm. than we would otherwise so if we are hot and we're warm and our face is still hot don't do your routine quite yet like let your skin kind of like chill a little bit like take the drive home um, allow yourself like I try to get the sweat off my face as soon as possible sweat will move with water oil will not so if you need to get the sweat off your face but you're worried about being overly sensitive splash your face with some water pat it dry and that will get enough of the sweat off to get you home that sort of a thing like depending on how long your drive is and whatnot and then go home and if your face is cooled off then go into your routine do not wash your face in the shower. It has the same effect. It takes too much oil off your face. It'll make you more sensitive. It'll, it just adds a layer of just stuff that you don't 
like what's the best way to put this it's it's the it adds a layer of variability that we wouldn't have otherwise and so our, if we're not washing our face in the shower this is like anyone right doesn't matter your yep. skin type because you're yep. gonna especially after sweating and all of that mm-hmm. um if we're not washing do we wash before we get in the shower or do wash we wash after, the shower, after? okay or not okay because that things have cooled down mm-hmm. yeah after things have cooled down a little bit like do it at the sink um a lot of people are like, well, I don't get my face wet in the shower. Like, can I just wash my face and then, and, you know, throw my face in the shower really quick to like rinse off the And I was like, no, no, no. The steam in the shower, the heat is actually the issue. It's not necessarily the water in the shower. So take, it's, even if you can take like a cooler shower after yeah, a if workout, you can tolerate which I mean, cool mo- shower. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, you could, I can take like a lukewarm shower after I work out cause I'm hot. Like. <laughs> Yeah, right. I know. And there's a lot of health benefits I've been reading about, about cooler showers or like, oh, yeah. psych- like, like I like to do a warm shower. Yeah. And it's like, I do it for my hair. Actually, <laughs> if I run my hair under cool water, it is shinier. It's healthier. It's more resilient. It's got, it, it styles better afterwards. Anyway. So if you can tolerate like a, like a blast of cool right before you get out of your shower, that can be really beneficial too because it'll like cool you down a little bit um but that's if you have like early early morning workout let's say you work out mid-morning which is me hi me i work out mid-morning and it's a very very similar it's very similar but i recommend at that point depending on when you wake up i get up about 6 a.m maybe a little bit before 6 a.m if i don't do my skincare routine within an hour of waking I will usually wait until I get home from working out. But the problem with that is by the time I get home, it's like lunchtime. And so it's better for me if I do my skincare routine when I first wake up and then go about my, because what will happen is, is your skincare, if it's on your face for about three hours or so, you know, give or take, it, it actually is doing a lot of the benefit. And then what you can do, this is my, this is the way I do it. I sweat a ton in my workout. And then I get the sweat off my face and then I use in like a Norwex cloth to really make sure that it's gone. Like I got most of it off and then I'll just replenish with my protect step, like my cream based moisturizer or my oil based moisturizer afterwards um, or before just kind of kind of depending on what kind of workout I'm doing. But I usually like my dance class. I go to my dance fitness class every Wednesday and I get super sweaty. <laughs> like Are I am you, like magenta. Do you put any face makeup on before you go to the gym? Oh, yeah. We didn't have that conversation no because i'm for the person who does we're not reapplying our moisturizer on after that right like we should be yeah it kind of depends like my recommendation for people this kind of bleeds into the people that like work out at their lunch hour and then they need to go back to work great as i'm like you're probably you're always gonna have to have a modicum of like touch up on there but you don't this is my overarching theme for everyone you do not need to cleanse your face again Mm. gotta get the sweat off but you don't need to like fully cleanse your face. And if you don't have to fully cleanse your face, then you shouldn't really need to remove all of your makeup. Like I wear my eyebrows, I wear mascara, and a lot of times I'll wear like the illuminating glow cream as like, I guess, a modicum of makeup because it's got that beautiful pearl finish to it, but it's not like a tinted finish of any kind, like a foundation or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes I'll wear concealer and I'll just reapply it afterwards and I'll pat on any moisturizer I've got and then if I need to touch up makeup then I will afterwards but you shouldn't need to cleanse again if you're wearing a full face of makeup um in your like mid-morning workout 
chances are to get the sweat off, you're going to have to reapply your makeup afterwards. So make sure you've got like the ability to reapply. Sometimes, depending on your skin type, using a mist can really help get most of that makeup off. If you pat really gently, you can mist your face, pat, 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 and a lot of your makeup will actually stay intact because the, the spray is acting like a setting spray instead of a cleanser, like a splash of water would or like an actual cleanser. So if you've got a full face on, you're like, I just need to get through the day so I can like, you know, I'm, it's like midday workout situation, full face makeup, a mist of some kind, like a rose water mist can be great. Um, if your skin is a little more on the oily end, a toner can be really fantastic. A spray toner. If your skin is dry and dehydrated, that is not the way to go. You will get yourself a little more dry, a little more sensitive. Like a rose water spray can still be really great. Um, if you do get a toner and you have dry, sensitive skin, just make sure it's formulated for dry, sensitive skin or, um, that fact, because there are some sprays out there that have like drying agents in it, like alcohols or witch hazel. But if it's that's the only drying agent and the rest of it is super hydrating, that alcohol is acting as a deliverance instead of a drying. Whereas like other toners for like oil, oily skin, it'll have things like wintergreen and, and witch hazel and different types of alcohols and tea tree oil and all these things that are oil controllers. That That's a little different. So you just have to make sure the formulation is right for your skin. Mm. But a good spritz, maybe a quick, t- quick touch up of your concealer um, should get you a long way. Just make sure everything you do just pat on and your makeup should stay relatively intact. Um, if you have oily skin, it's probably gone after your workout. Just, just saying, (laughs) but as far as skincare goes, it's all about how we protect against the sweat, um, before or after, depending on your needs. Like when in deep winter, I have dry dehydrated skin. I have to protect my skin before the workout. And then I have to reapply after the workout. Otherwise I'm in a world of hurt. Like by the time I get to dinner time, the apples of my cheek are bright red. I usually will get like flaky right above my eyebrow or the pool, the sweat had pooled. That's like when before I started really paying attention to my skin pre and post workout, my most sensitive and oily or like uh, oily dry spots, my most sensitive dry flaky spots were above my eyebrows, around my nose and the apple of my cheek, which are supposed to be the oiliest spots on your face. But that's where my sweat would pool. Mm-hmm. And that's where I was wiping on my face. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so once I started applying oil before my workouts in winter, I don't have to do this in summer. Like my skin does fine. Um, I was able to mitigate a lot of those symptoms. So if that's you, a little bit of oil beforehand could be fantastic. Hmm. Now evening, evening workouts. So the interesting thing about evening workout is you're really close to your evening routine most of the time. Right. So it's like, well, what do I, what do I need to do for my skin then? Uh, again don't cleanse too early if you're wearing a full face of makeup like you do a full face like full day of work and you got a full face of makeup and then you go to work out you don't need to cleanse it's it's fine like allow yourself to like sweat get that stuff off it's about how long after your workout is your skincare routine is what's important because if you do that big long workout you've got all that makeup on you sweat a ton you pat at your face you do all the things but yet you still have like three hours until you go to bed you know, you eat dinner, you put the kids to bed, you help with homework, you do all the things and then you get the kids in bed and then you do your routine at like 10 p.m. That's too long. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So if you can get in the habit, this is this is another, of course, circumstantial thing. If you can get in the habit of doing your skincare routine right when you get done with your workout, like maybe like right before you do dinner, your skin will be in a much, much, much better place. And there's nothing wrong with doing it three hours before you go to bed. 
there's really nothing wrong with that do you need some extra protection like right before like let's say you have dry skin and mm -hmm. this and this is the case and you're doing your skincare routine after you shower after your workout and obviously your skin has fully cooled off and Mm -hmm. (laughs) we're we're following all of your advice (laughs) um then if I if you know, there's, I'm, I'm kind of asking that skincare routine to do more for me because it's going to be on my face for four more hours Yes. than it normally would be. Do I need to do another hit at protection? Like right before I go to bed? I would. It's more of a, you have to kind of intuitively feel so much of skincare is so intuitive of like, how is it reacting to certain situations? Uh, if you're sensitive, reactive, dry, any of those things, I think it's a really good idea to end cap your routine with a a cream-based moisturizer and an oil-based moisturizer, Mm -hmm. and then possibly a cool roller of some kind, Mm -hmm. because it's going to help with product absorption, the cool roller will, and it will help cool your face down. But that oil that you put on top of that cream base is going to act like a little bit of a cap. It's going to keep it from evaporating. Because hopefully after you've done that skincare routine, you're going to be home. You're going to be hanging out in the same environment. You're not like running to the store. I mean, if you do this, you got to do what you got to do. But usually by the time you've done you know, skincare routine, you're going to go into dinner and then you're going to be in your home. And guess what? Your air in your home is super dehydrated this time of year. And But the thing that you can count on is the fact is that it's a consistent air. You know, mm-hmm. that's actually the benefit of doing a really hard hitting great skincare routine right before you go to bed because you're in a controlled environment all day long or all night long hopefully you're sleeping for eight hours and you're in the same spot you're getting the same airflow like for instance my skin's been getting really red right lately right around the apples of my cheek and that's a first sign to me and I got I've got more milia on my eyelid and guys I can't do the peel on my eyelid <laughs> not a good place to put the peel you know don't put the peel on your eyelid but that's usually what I mitigate for the milia that I get on my face because I, I have a propensity to get milia pretty easily because I have really dehydrated skin and and so my fix is to be really consistent with my peel my overnight resurfacing peel from beauty counter and make sure that I am like moisturizing really well to satisfy the moisture needs in my skin during that time and so um but I can't do exfoliating on my eyelid that the skin is too thin it's it's just no um but that tells me that I'm dehydrated and I was like well that 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 happens to me this time of year. But then the redness on my cheek, I was like, "Uh oh, that's kind of like the next step for me. Mm-hmm. And so I've been really consistent with adding in the rejuvenating radiant serum and then the peel and making sure on non-peel nuts, I'm using the radiant serum. And then I'm ending my routine with an oil on top. And I started that, I think, on Saturday. So it's like mid-November I started it. And um, I got sick on Sunday night. <laughs> And, but I did my full routine. I did not get sick until after I did my skincare routine. So (laughs) it was kind of an interesting experiment. I did this like full routine on my face and then I literally stayed in the same environment. I didn't even get out of bed the whole next day. So I was in the same environment. My skin looked amazing. My skin looked amazing after having a stomach bug, you guys. Like what, what is that? Like my skin looked, my tone was even, I didn't have any redness there, but that just goes to show that when you're in a really consistent environment, mm-hmm. your skin can like normalize. It's the going in and out from the super, super cold or even just mildly more cold to like dehydrated blast and heat in your car to like your hot, hot shower to like the dehydrated air in your house to like the different environment at the grocery store to the like, you know, when you change environment, your skin reacts. It's going to mm-hmm. try to normalize so knowing that 
if you are in an evening workout routine, you are trying to create the most modicum of protection you can, creating a water-based moisturizer with an oil-based moisturizer on top with better product absorption with like a cool roller and then having a great exfoliating routine in the, um, during your treatment step in there can be like everything for your skin, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and I was also going to say I have a couple of times – because you've told me with my dry combo skin <laughs> that I need to cool down my face before I do my skincare routine. Um, I've used like an, an ice roller or a jade roller on my face kind of after I have um, cleansed mm-hmm. and then like waited to do the rest of my skincare routine. And that's helped a lot for me with like reactivity and stuff. Awesome. Um, I do it after I cleanse just because, I mean, maybe you can tell me if that's the wrong that's thing to do. That's probably appropriate for you. Combo skin. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I'm just in my head. I'm like, am I just like rolling like bacteria back into my skin right now? <laughs> oh, and so I mean, for some people, that's a very big possibility. So if you've got oily combo skin, that's not a bad way to go. If you have dry, dehydrated, reactive skin, it, you're, it, you got to finish your routine, then roll. Finish and then roll. <laughs> Okay, but you're still having to wait for your, um, you know, your skin to cool down. So I was using it as like a, I'm going to cool down my skin faster because I'm trying to move on to the next step in my life. Oh man, there's times where I like rolled on my window just a little bit on the way home from the gym trying to cool my face off because I know that I need to like. Not even just a little bit. I'm like windows down, down. (laughs) blasting Macklemore in my Honda. I'm such a white girl (laughs) (laughs) on the way home from the gym. Oh, Oh, I'm that person. Cool. Well, I think I'm sure we'll get, I'm sure we'll get more questions around like workout skincare and stuff. But I think this is one I was really wondering about for myself too. So it's nice to have that and have it. I talk about it a lot. Yeah. And have it broken down between like, okay, do you work out in the morning, afternoon or evening? Because that's really interesting because some days I work out in the morning and then like one day a week I'm working out in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. And so I have Mm -hmm. to go, okay. Just know that you do not need to cleanse three times a day. That will wreak havoc on your skin. Guilty. Don't do that. Guilty. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, well, intuitively, that's what we kind of have been taught, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cleanse after you you work out because that's gross. Sweat's gross. Yeah. Um, and I definitely, I've I've listened to your, to your advice and, and done the whole, like bring the Norwex cloth to class. I get a lot of questions about it. (laughs) So refer them to my Norwex rep, Renee. I'll totally (laughs) put her link in the show notes for you guys. (laughs) Um, but I, you know, I, it's, there's so much, there's, it's so nuanced. Like this conversation is so nuanced. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of our listeners work out and have this mm-hmm. and they care about their skin. Obviously they're here for it. They're listening to all your advice. So, and I will, awesome. I will add the end cap to this, you guys, if you haven't yet done a skincare consultation with Genevieve, do it. Oh my gosh, do it. Uh, you'll Heads get, up. you'll get such good resolution for this. And, mm-hmm. and, um, as far as, like getting that scheduled with her, like do it now <laughs> if you want yes. any time because she probably is not going to have any appointments before the end of the year. And we all know y'all want to get your skincare in check before the new year and look fly in the new year and for the holidays. And and just so you guys know, like I've gotten to this point where I've been had the same schedule and the same pricing for almost a calendar year. And I really, 
I need more time with each person. My pricing is going to double. It is going to go up on December 1st. And I know this is launching the same week that my, that's like the end of my new pricing. So definitely check it out. Make sure if you're interested, now's the time. Don't t- don't say I didn't warn you. Get on my schedule. <laughs> well, it's worth it either way. I would play yeah. quadruple what you're doing right now. <laughs> so, well, that's uh, kind of a lot of people said that yep. to me, and I realized yep. I'm sorely underpricing myself, and I want more time with each person. So that just prompted the new price change and the amount of time, time that I set aside per person. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. Cool. Well, get in there and get a skincare consultation and. Um, we didn't share a review of the week today and we'll probably kind of be taking a little break from that for the rest of the the calendar year, but please go leave us a review because we need more to read. (laughs) Yes, we need to to talk about you guys more. This is your all call. And, um, we would love your, your ratings, like, you know, your star ratings. That's great. But what we want is a written review. So if you guys are, if you, if you love the podcast, if you've even just received benefit from one episode, please go and leave us a review in iTunes. We would be so incredibly grateful. Um, And that helps us rise in the ranks. It helps more people find out about the podcast. Um, And it helps bring, you know, new people to the table to learn about this stuff with us and just be in community with all of you. So um, please, if you're digging the Enneagram, give us a review in relation to the Enneagram episodes. If you're digging the skincare stuff, nutrition stuff, personal development stuff all the things just come and tell us your thoughts and we love you Uh, the link is always in the show notes to leave us a review (laughs) thanks for joining us today on this episode of rebel heart radio you can visit our website to submit a question at www.rebelheartradio.com or you can hop on our instagram you can ask us anything we love to get to know you guys Don't forget to subscribe and give us a review on iTunes and we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Ah, you guys thought we were done. (laughs) I had to hop on the end here because here I am, you know, burning the candle on both ends and doing all the things and guys, I did it. I finished all that digital stuff that I was talking about in the beginning of the episode. If you guys are interested in checking out uh, the Squee template, the Canva template, and the live chat copy and paste conversation starters for your Squee event, then you can go to www.jennybbeauty.com backslash downloads with an S at the end. And if you guys check that out, you can see how to grab this whole bundle package deal for this week only is going to be $29. It is regularly going to be $39, but I wanted to get it out to the Rebel Heart Nation first and give you guys a deal for uh, Black Friday week. Why not? Right? So I'd love for you guys to check it out and I'd love to hear how you're using it and uh, tag me in things on Instagram. I would just... I'm just so nervous-sided for you guys to have this. So if you made it all the way to the end, you the real MVP, keep me posted. Hope you guys enjoy it.